This podcast contains lots of profanity and subject matter that may be offensive to some listeners. If you feel you need mental help for anything we say on this podcast, please put a fuzzy blanket on your favorite pink unicorn and prance through the lollipop forest to the nearest professional who'll be glad to take your fucking money. Welcome back to the podcast, folks. I'm your co-host, Eric Johnson, and sitting across from me is the reason we have studio rule number three, Rodney Smith. <laughs> what is the rule number three, Eric? Remind me. Never give a flare gun to a hooker. Oh, that's right, Eric. We are lost somewhere in the buckle of the Bible Belt, but safe in the warm embrace of the Southern Pride Third Eye Studio, you have found the Swollen Go Podcast. We have been heard in 32 different countries so far. Only 163 more to go for world domination, Eric. Thank you for all the he's and she's and days listening out there. We really appreciate it. The opinions expressed in this podcast are the opinions of the hosts and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Southern Fried Third Eye Studios. This podcast is satirical in nature, and in some cases, you can feel secure taking everything we say as completely unverified and undeniable fact. Today, we're going to talk about the secret stuff in the Vatican archives, Rod. What do you mean? Like, the uh, Vatican has, like, this secret hidden, like a Smithsonian-type library? and Yeah, they got miles of shelves down there. Seriously, literally miles. Yeah, I always heard it was, I looked it up, and they got tunnels. Yeah. Tunnels. Yeah, tunnels, miles and miles of tunnels with stuff that are secreted away. Uh, The Vatican has been probably the largest collector of items, even from mummies. I saw where they sent back some, um, I guess, Peru mummified people that they got back three, four hundred years ago, Peruvian mummies. They sent them back to Peru. They felt it was some type of a bad mojo there. And this is recent. They sent back them fucking dummies. (laughs) Mummy dummies, Eric. (laughs) But, um... Yeah, if anybody believes in bad mojo from mummies, uh, it's going to be the Catholic Church. Yeah, but the Catholic Church, the Vatican especially, has silenced what they have found. Just like the Smithsonian, when they go out and they find something... Uh, a lot of people never hear ever, ever again. No. And same thing with the Vatican. Well, that's been around for a thousand years plus. What? What is it? 1,500 years? Yeah, it's been around since 1626. 1626. But they've been making sure that they're the curators of their own museum to make sure they keep some of the lies and yeah. truths away from humanity. That's a, it's a weird place. It's its own. Well, I guess it would be its own country. It, it, it's the smallest country yeah. in the world. But the largest landholder of any country in the world. And probably one of the richest per capita square foot in the world. Actually, I think it is the richest country in the world. Aha. Uh-huh. They're protecting their assets. Mm. So underground, though, they're going very deep. So this going, it, their caverns outreach past Vatican City then, don't they? Yeah. You know, if they would liquidate some of that land, they sure could help a lot of homeless people. <laughs> <laughs> Amen, Eric. <laughs> So what do you? What kind of things you think they have down there? You think they got like aliens down there? Or? 
I'm sure this they have. Bigfoot down yeah, there. That, yeah. Well, I don't know about Bigfoot, but I would say uh, equipment not from this world found. Yeah. Um, you ever seen where we have these like sprogs or cogs? They I don't know. I guess what's called a cog. It's like a metal. You know, yeah. The cog. A cog. Well, they found these things buried in the rock and stuff. I'm sure if they found something like that, they want it. Oh yeah, yeah. I think they found a hammer one time that was like sixty thousand years older than man is supposed to have been around. And they have this, possibly. I I don't know if they have it, but I mean things like that. I'm sure they would. If it was going to contradict the Bible, yeah, they went out. They're gonna, they're gonna have it. They went real hard to go make sure because we want to brainwash. We want to control these people. We need these people not to believe in themselves," said the Vatican. I think that they collect stuff, yeah, like I said, that would contradict the Bible. Uh, I think, like the Smithsonian, probably collects things that contradict the written history of the United States. Yes. So when they find the giant skeletons, they just take them and hide them because that's not in the history books. We can't start over. We can't start over at this point, but history will play itself out, and we'll find out the truth. So I think everybody has truth in them, and I think it's kind of it's in our DNA. And I think as we go in time, we'll find out our DNA is going to push us to have truth from our own, within our own selves. Yeah. And if the Vatican would release all these things, then the truth would be known. It's going to happen regardless. And the world would burn. I don't think the world will burn. Do you think the world's going to burn? I don't know. One of the things that they have in there, uh, apparently, is proof that Jesus didn't exist. And they tried to cover it up. They tried to cover it up. 33, was it 33 different Jesuses that they covered up? The name, anything with the name of Jesus, I think they went and covered, found 33 different characters there and made sure that they erased. Oh, my goodness. I don't doubt that at all. But then again, like we say, uh, we're not totally 100%. That's just us That on that right there, on that part right there, Eric, I'm guessing. At, yeah, yeah. At, 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 there was the 33 Jesuses <laughs> that they canceled. Really? What about stuff like time travel, the you know, anything like that, like proof of? Oh, they would make Or the sure. machines themselves, if there was one. You think they would grab them? You think the Smithsonian would grab them? Probably, probably the Vatican. Yes. Because if you can time travel and you go back and find out that the guy on the cross was named Bob, I mean, not Jesus. But he was actually up there because he stole something. Yeah, he was up there because he stole a goat or something. And so they made a story labeled him this oh yeah they'd have to keep the time machines interesting but i believe timelines can be jumped through vibration somehow they do something i think that's how we go is through vibration oh i do too i believe that i think that's how it's done i think we're making a bigger deal of a machine as much as what we can do ourselves i think our brain is kind of like the machine we just have to tune into it so some of the things that are said to be hidden in the archives down there, like we talked about, they want to keep things from people. One of them is called the Corona Visor. You ever heard of the Corona Visor? No, but it sounds like a Mighty Morphin Power Ranger type of thing. <laughs> it was on sale at Walmart for nine ninety five. It does. There was a guy named Pellegrino Ernetti. He died in 1992, and he was a Benedictine monk. He claimed that he developed a machine, and he called it the Chronovisor, with 12 other scientists, including Enrico Fermi and Werner von Braun. Was von Braun the one that NASA? Yeah, that was the rocket guy. So the Vatican. The one we stole from the Nazis. So he he was trying to see who was going to pay up more back then, wasn't he? I guess he Is was. the Vatican going to pay more or the United States? Who's going to pay? The United States paid more. I don't know. Well, if he was involved at all. 
All the scientists want to remain anonymous except for Ernetti. He said that this device consisted of numerous antenna, three composed of mysterious metals which received light and sound signals on every wavelength, a direction finder for turning to a particular time and place, and a screen for recording devices. So it's like being inside the Back to the Future car. This is awesome. Yeah. Isn't that cool? You think the bishops and priests there, they get there and dial in some. <laughs> oh, you know they did. You know they did. Wouldn't that be something? Um, but I guess these are big-name scientists, so they don't want them to be put their names with this, like, pseudo Science. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're kind of afraid that this is getting into the alchemy and the mysticism type of fray science. Oh, yeah, the fringe. Which, you know, would we call that now like string theory? <laughs> yeah. We put it all together? <laughs> That's our exactly theory. right. Arnetti described how he and his co-inventors crowded around the device and watched speeches by Mussolini and Napoleon and seems from ancient Rome. That is insane. That'd be awesome if that was true. I want this verified true so bad. I want most of the stuff we talk about to be true. Wouldn't it be great? Our listeners saying, yes, guys. It'll all come out in time. Although nobody saw the coronavirus itself, Ernetti did provide evidence, a coronavirus image of the crucified Christ. What? That's what he said. That is amazing. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the team has viewed our Savior's last days in its entirety from the Last Supper to his final agonizing moments and had retained the photo as a powerful souvenir. Arenetti's glory was short-lived, however. Another magazine revealed that Christ was a reversed image of a postcard from the town of Tolia Valenza. An apparent deathbed confession also has surfaced. It is time to add him as a holy hoaxer. Yes, he said on his deathbed in 1992 that it was all a hoax. What a turd. Or was he forced to, Eric? Oh, yeah. Your family is gone, buddy. Don't talk about this. This is some, like, Tesla information. You know, when they went there and broke into his office and took all his paperwork, and CIA, FBI, whoever they want to call themselves, KGB, whoever, they wanted that info. So they may have forced. And then killed. He was on his deathbed. That's what I'm saying. This is, I think they're that powerful. There's another manuscript or book that's in there that people talk about sometimes. It's called the Grand Grimoire, also known as the Red Dragon or the Dragon Rouge to the our French listeners. Uh, yeah, dragon. Kind of a weird thing going back to a serpent, you yeah. know, lizard-type base. Mm-hmm. The Grand Grimoire is often regarded to be one of the most potent grimoires in existence. A grimoire is a magical book of spells. So this thing was very watched after. Yes. They didn't want anybody opening it up and saying, Clato, Verato, Nectu. So this is why this is, has to be watched after, because even the pronunciation of a word casts a spell possibly in a different way. Yeah, Bruce Bruce Campbell almost destroyed the whole planet. <laughs> uh, but truly, I think there is something with that now. Thinking about the book of spells and keeping that hidden, because this opens doors, portals. Apparently, yeah. Very powerful book. Many sources claim it was written in 1520 and was later discovered in the tomb of Solomon in 1750, so it ties it back to the Bible there. Furthermore, this grimoire is said to have been written in either Biblical Hebrew or Aramaic. The supposed connection with the Biblical King Solomon and the ancient language that it is rumored to have been written in would certainly have enhanced the reputation of the Grand Grimoire as the most powerful book of magic. So now I don't even believe they found it in Solomon. They found it somewhere else. They just said that. I think Solomon found it and brought it to his place, and they found it at his place. 
I don't even know if Solomon was even a real person. When, when, at the time when this Solomon they're talking about, I don't think they even knew who he was. Do you Probably think not. this is Solomon from, I don't. Solomon from the Bible? I mean names did we actually damn have back then. hundred damn names, know. the same damn repetitious names. Yeah. He's Solomon of wherever, you know, the fuck town. Yorktown, Solomon of Yorktown. Solomon of New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> That's Solomon of Nazareth. <laughs> yes, sir. Right. So I believe that don't really, yeah, okay. All right, I'm sorry, Eric. I'm... The Grand Grimoire consists of four parts. According to the legend, the Grand Grimoire was written by a honor... <laughs> Honorius of Thebes. <laughs> you are a motherfucker. It was written by Tony of, of Aliceville. <laughs> hey there, buddy. How you doing? Honorius of Thebes, who is said to be have been possessed by the devil. <laughs> oh, oh Lord. This gets me interested in this podcast. Turn it up a little bit here. I wonder if it was written in blood or something like that. It doesn't say, but but don't surely think, is this what we're going about to read? The, the Devil's Bible is this one where it's written? It's on the not back the, of the Devil's mules? Bible. No, it's on the mules. You know, he wrote yeah. on the mules seventy mules in one night. Yep. The occult manuscript is said to contain magical spells as well as detailed accounts of how newly elected popes are slowly corrupted and then won over by the power of Satan. Dun dun dun. <laughs> You know they got some wow. incantations. They <laughs> yeah. shouldn't. Because they're saying that stuff in those crazy little. What am I? Unagi princess. I need a donut. <laughs> and then a little kid comes up there with a donut. Here, here you go, buddy. Damn, that is powerful. Thank you, Bobby. <laughs> You're welcome. This is off subject. I got to get on this, but the Tibetan monks, they had to come in there. The higher up, high up monks had to come in there and clear them out. They're all on meth. This was yesterday. <laughs> I'm reading it. The fucking monks have lost their minds. So y'all can look that up. That's in the year 2022. Monks have lost their mind and they're on meth. And the big That's monks can go. should be doing news stories. Yeah. That would be a great news story. Monks got to do it. One of the most infamous contents of the Graham Grimoire, however, is the instructions that would supposedly allow a person to summon Lucifer. Isn't that the bringer of light? Yeah. The bringer of truth? Yeah. Why would they want to bring up Lucifer? Because, you know, they're not about light. They're about mm. darkness and keeping it covered. Yep. They Interesting. Are. One of the instruments required for this ritual is a blasting rod, which would be used to smite Lucifer into submission once he is evoked. After this, a deal with the devil can be made. I so think. why doesn't God give everybody a blasting rod because something <laughs> bad goes out? It's just black. I didn't get mine. No. I it's like, God, you want to go out there and say, God, we would like to have our blasting rod so that we can take Lucifer. Apparently when I was born, I, I didn't get one. You didn't get one, really? You really didn't get one? <laughs> No, I didn't. <laughs> but it's funny that they use the words Lucifer. And yeah. how many times is they, can they find something in Lucifer in the Bible? You know, it's just a couple of times what in Isaiah. But they want to use Lucifer as their evoked. He's the bad daddy. He's the bad man. We're going to blame it on this guy. He's a light bearer. Yep. Not Molech or Baphomet. None of these other things. So aren't those like deities, entities, all the same thing? That's just a failed progression of I don't God? Know. I don't know. I think... Well, I'm think I may be thinking of Dante's Inferno, but I don't know if the Bible does. But they sort of rank the devils in order, and I know Jesus 
the Holy Spirit and God are all supposed to be the same thing. But I don't know if Lucifer and Beelzebub and all that is supposed to be. The same. I think we use it interchangeably, but I think it's different people. I, I I think it's different incarnations at the time of the planet. Like right now, what will we be? What's our finished goal going to be after this little cycle? Are we going to fail and be a, another Molech or Beelzebub or whatever, Balfamet? Yeah. But people don't know that keep us hidden. I think that's why the uh, Catholic Church keeps it hidden so that we always stay evil. We stay the Balfamet. We stay Molech. We stay the bull god. We stay in this vibration purposely to keep truth from the people, from the masses. Yeah, I agree with that. A version of the Grand Grimoire was produced in the 18th century and again in the 19th century and spread to the different French colonies. As a result of this, the Grand Grimoire is still being widely used in the Caribbean countries that were once part of the French colonial empire, in particular Haiti, where it's referred to as La Veritable Dragon Rouge. Unsurprisingly, the Grand Grimoire is still used widely by practitioners of voodoo, and the book is also rumored to be impervious to fire. Aren't most books impervious to fire? I mean, especially Bibles always are. They're, the, they're never burned. Yeah, Bibles never. They're always standing right there on the thing. There, right, right next there. to the copy of my favorite chef that didn't burn either. Because <laughs> I mean, want to bring that. If up. you got a big book and the pages are and the book's closed, there's no air in there. It's not going to burn. It's not going to burn. So. Only the edges were tethered. Well, I understand. Yeah, they never yeah. mentioned the cookbooks that don't burn though. Martha Stewart, one hundred and one. Yeah, threw them out of many a time. We got another one supposed to be hidden but i think they actually released this one but let's find out hmm who is our lady of fatima our lady of fatima is the title given to the blessed virgin mary in connection with her apparitions to three shepherd children in fatima portugal in 1916. she told the shepherd children to pray with the rosary daily for the end of the war world war one which was going on from 1914 to 1918 Mary continued to appear once a month for six months to the three children, Lucia, Jacinta, and Francisco. Francisco. So she appeared to these kids a lot. Yes. Like over years. But to me, it seems like this could be like more of a demonic thing that these kids are seeing. So you don't think it was good? Good stuff. It was, I don't think it was good. It was a bad guy. I think it was a bad so there's a timeline. We're going to go through the timeline of what they saw because they experienced a lot of different things. The first angelic visit was in the spring of 1916. The angel taught the shepherd children how to pray. They prayed the rosary every day for two years? <laughs> Can you believe they're bringing in outside things? No one tell them to pray. Yeah. And then bringing in a rosary. Instead of going within, go within, child, go within, sit up straight, put your fingers together like this, and calm your mind. No, they brought in a rosary and some stuff to chant. Yeah, so if they prayed every day for two years, because they were praying for the end of the war, right? Yes. Well, the war didn't end on 1918. Well, it was a long prayer. It was 730 days worth of prayers. Uh, God don't answer prayers just like that. We know I that. I don't guess so. That's, dedi I, I, that's, that's dedication. <laughs> dedication. Thanks for the two years of prayer, and you ended the war, I guess. On a long enough timeline, though, I mean, you can pray any war into to the end. Yes. Many prayer wars went over this deadly virus that we've had. Thank goodness that they all prayed it gone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you started praying in 2020, 
thank you for the <laughs> thanks. Thank see? you for the two two and a half years of prayer. Says you finally got we it finally licked. Get, yeah, that we have. Yeah. The second angelic visit was in the summer of 1916. The angel revealed himself as the angel of Portugal and motivated the children to continue praying and to offer as a sacrifice their suffering to the Lord. So keep praying, <laughs> but you still got to suffer. You can't. You can't be. Good. You're going to suffer. We'll see what happens. The third angel visit, autumn of 1916, the angel brings communion to the shepherd's children and asks them to make reparation for the crimes of the ungrateful men. So you're praying every day. <laughs> you got to suffer. And now you owe people shit. Yep, you got to do those reparations. That's yep. amazing. Okay, little kids. So that was the angel that was making himself known to them. And then Mary. The angel of Portugal, correct? Yeah, the angel of Portugal. Then Mary starts showing up to them, too. Um, they're called the Marian apparitions. The first Marian apparition of Fatima was May the 13th in 1917. Mary asked the children to return on the 13th of each month for six months. Mary tells the children they will have to suffer much. So him and her and the angels on the same page right there. Oh, yes. But they will reach heaven if they do that. She then asked the children to, to say the rosary every day to bring peace in the world. I'm so they're, they're pretty much saying the same thing. They're fucked. These yeah. little kids have been fucked with. Yeah. They made me and you to go, hey, guys, come on. Please. But, I mean, she told them to do the same thing. The angel, I mean, apparently the kids were already doing that. They already had the rosary and all that stuff. So They're confused. I, I don't aren't understand they? what's happening. A lot, a lot of bosses. Yeah, it's a lot of bosses. Too many cooks in the kitchen. I don't think they understood which what they wanted to bring, what apparitions. Okay, wait a second. Let me get this right. We're praying. We're suffering. We owe people money. And now we're throwing a rosary into it. Gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> and we just prayed it to exist, to take out of existence. Francisco's writing it down. We got it. We got it. You got that, Francisco? He's got it. The second Marian apparition of Fatima, June 13, 1917, Mary asked the children to add the Fatima prayer to the end of each decade of the rosary. They asked her to take them to heaven. And she replies, soon I will take Jacinta, Francisco, but Lucia, you have to stay a while longer. <laughs> Let's sum this up here. <laughs> They're praying every day. They got to suffer. Yes, they got to suffer. They owe somebody money. They do. They don't know who it is yet. And now, and they, and she threw in the rosary. And so now, only two kids. She's the kids go. Hey, listen, this is this is kind of messed up. How about just taking us on to heaven with you? And she says, ah, soon. But I'm only taking two of you. One of you's going to have to stay and suffer. Isn't that heartless? That is terrible. I couldn't do that. If you saw three dogs on the side of the road, you're going to get all three, not just two. Exactly. Well, exactly. Mary just said, fuck it. FYI, a decade of the rosary is 10 beads on a rosary. So, all these rosaries, you mean they're 70, 80 years? Something yeah, but the ones that you run through your hands, yeah. I think. It may not be just 10 beads, but I know a decade is 10 beads of a rosary. Hmm. And uh, when you're running down the beads with all the Hail Marys and Our Fathers and stuff, it's definitely you hit Marys. 10 of them as a decade. I got it. Okay. A lot of Hail Marys. The third Marian apparition of Fatima, it was July 13th, 1917, Mary shows the children a vision of hell, which adds to their stress, I'm sure. <laughs> These kids are very stressed, aren't they? And reveals that God wishes for there to be a great devotion to Mary's immaculate heart to save souls from hell. 
She then predicted the Second World War and the persecution of the faithful in Russia, warning without prayer and the consecration of Russia to her immaculate heart, she, being Russia, will spread her errors throughout the entire world, fueling wars of persecution of the church. Wow. This lady, this whole story is messing with some kids. She really is. I mean, now she's showing them hell and that there's going to be another world war. And man, they have summoned up something evil that they're saying. This is not of God. This can't. No, no, Mm -hmm. totally not from God. It's totally satanic. That is true. The fourth Marian operation of Fatima. Damn it, Rodney. Fatima, 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 August 19th, 1917. She appears to them in a pasture and asks them, pray, pray very much and make sacrifice for sinners. For many souls go to hell because there is no way to pray for them. (laughs) Man. So listen, kids, keep doing what you're doing. And remember, if you don't do it, people are going to hell. Bless these kids hard. I feel bad for them. I'm telling you what. This is mental abuse to the extreme. Shit. Well, it keeps going. The fifth Marian apparition of Fatima. Please tell them kids are going, damn it. No more. Please. No. uh, September 13th, 1917, a crowd witnessed white rose petals falling from the sky and then disappearing as Lucia asked Our Lady of Fatima to cure the sick. She replies that only some will be cured, while the Lord has no confidence in others who are not healed. So he didn't. The ones that didn't get healed, God didn't really believe they're going to be really good. Well, she it. sort of covered her bases when she said, "I'm going to get cure some of you, but not some of you," and didn't say which one she was curing. Because this is the kid that she wasn't going to take on to heaven. Yeah. So maybe this one's prayers really ain't all that good, and she ain't going to get any of these people <laughs> healed. You know? I don't know. Just Lucia's praying for you. this ain't worth a shit. So more pressure on Lucia. I don't want Lucia praying for me. No, she's she's involved with something different. Oh, Lord, we got another one. The sixth Marian operation of Fatima, October the 13th, 1917, Eric. Okay. 70,000 to 100,000 people witnessed the miracle of the sun from up to 10 miles away. Secular news reporters present for the miracle reported unexplainable phenomenon. Mary reveals herself as the Lady of the Rosary and says, People must amend their lives, ask for forgiveness for their sins, and not offend our Lord any more than he already has been offended. So I apologize to uh, to the Lord. Just think now, back then, those little kids didn't have little iPads and things to there and look up porn and stuff. Well, what, what, what do you think these kids could have done? Just putting sticks in doo-doo and stuff and throwing them against the pine trees? I mean, what do you <laughs> yes. think they did? Was, Light, what is their fucking sins back then? Lighting satchels of poop on fire. <laughs> knocking on the door. How, I mean, now, <laughs> if God looks at us now, I'm like, oh, my God, humanity has a bad thought every second. And uh, these poor little old kids, they didn't know no better. Well, since these kids have been doing Mary's and the angels' work, I'm sure that everything turned out great for them, right? They're sitting on the right-hand side, I'm sure. Let's find out what happened to them. Francisco died of flu at age 11. Wow, I did not see that coming. <laughs> he didn't make spend all that time praying and went checking his results. Wow. I ain't feeling good, y'all. Man, instead of praying, he should have been checking his lymph nodes or something. Shit. Well, I wonder what happened to the other little fella. Jacinta dies of complications of the flu at age 10, year after he did. Francisco died at age 11. She died at age 10. This is not looking good for the uh, Lucy, is it? Lucia leaves Fatima for boarding school in 1921. 
Lucia becomes Saint Mary of the Sorrowful Mother, October 3rd, 1934. Lucia joins the Carmelites, taking the name Sister Maria Lucia of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart on May 31st, 1949. She outlived the little brothers and sisters. Sure did. She did say she was going to take them other two. Throughout the rest of Lucia's life, Mary continued to appear to her. Many times. Yeah. I don't know how much good that did, but... uh, the three secrets of Fatima are as follows. The first secrets of Fatima is a vision of souls in hell. That's not really a secret, is it? They've been telling us that for years. It says so. <laughs> okay. Uh, number two, there was a prediction at the end of the World War One and a prediction of the beginning of World War Two, as there was a request to consecrate Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. I wonder why that was important, why Russia was so important to... Get them on guard. Seems like they never got on, do they? No, I don't think they ever jumped on the Russia heart of said, Mary. No, 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 no. Yet. That's what they said. <laughs> Yet. Yet. The third one was a vision of the Pope, along with bishops, priests, religious, and lay people being killed by soldiers. So they just predicted another world war. Seems like what's been going on in those kids' whole lives. <laughs> yeah, they predicted another war where the Pope got killed. Lord, have mercy. Because everybody else gets killed in war. Just this time, the Pope's going to get killed. Eventually, that'll happen. What about other things in the archives? There's a bunch of stuff in there. We we can't hit all of them, but we're going to hit a couple of them that are more fun, I think, than the Fatima stuff and an angel abusing the children. Uh, there's one in there that says Jesus doesn't exist. What? Yeah. The Catholic Church has, has, has a, this secret that says Jesus does not exist. There are reports that the archives contain communications between Emperor Nero and St. Paul regarding the existence of Jesus. Some conspiracy theorists believe that the Vatican is hiding proof that Jesus Christ did not exist. That would derail the whole money train right there. The money train is wrecked. Yep. The papacy is over. Yep. That's right. What else we got? Eric, they have evidence of extraterrestrial life. Yes. What? Yeah. Rumors suggest that the Vatican holds proof of the existence of extraterrestrial life. No, that's cool. I uh, know. I would keep it hidden, too, because it really does break into this reality theater that they're trying to keep us Yeah, again, it, it derails the train. So they can sell you the all the things you need to do to get to heaven. You know, it's kind of a lot of work. Some sources say that the archives contain proof that the Pope is conspiring with extraterrestrials to implant everyone on Earth with computer chips. And why wouldn't he? This is the kind of stuff I like, Eric. Oh, yeah. You got to like it. Can you imagine the Pope sitting there and he says, tell the Grays to come here. I need y'all to go to Texas. Uh, We're going to go to Dallas and we're going to get these these group of kids here. And we're going to drive them crazy for the rest of their lives. (laughs) We're going to implant them, track their DNA um, because the Pope said so. Yep. Thank you, Snorp. That'll be all. But they must be working with uh, ETs to have control over humanity. Yeah. When the truth comes out, so they won't be all so mad at them. Well, you know, between the ETs and the Catholic Church, they pretty much got it sewed up. You got the lizard people and you got the Vatican. Damn it. Yeah. Number three, Eric, the home of the largest collection of pornography. Nuh-uh. This is, this is unbelievable. When I found this, I'm like, that's a lot of porn. They're supposed to have the world's largest collection of porn. <laughs> Some conspiracy theorists believe that the Vatican archives contain the largest collection of pornography in the world. 
Copenhagen's Museum of Erotica confirms these speculations. In addition to the writings by the National Review founder William Buckley Jr. and scholar Camilla Peglia. Number three, transcripts from the trial of the Knights Templar. The trial of the Knights Templar? Mm-hmm. I thought the Knights Templar were working for the Vatican. Maybe that's how they brought it all in, made them work for them this way. Let's see. After enjoying centuries of wealth and privilege as an elite army during the Crusades, the Knights Templar's prestigious status came to be seen as a liability. In what was likely an effort to avoid financial debt to the order, Philip IV of France had all the knights arrested on October 13, 1307, and charged with heresy. After years of torture, many admitted to the trumped-up charges and were eventually burned at the stake. Pope Clement ultimately disbanded the order under intense pressure from Philip IV. In 2007, the 60-meter-long document that comprises the minutes of the years-long trial was finally made public revealing that the Pope had first intended to pardon the Knights Templar before he was coerced into condemning them. Hmm. So he condemned his own army. He sent this army out to kill everybody that didn't believe during the Crusades and then said, ah, this is, we're getting a little blowback. I think we'll just hang them. I don't know how the Vatican ever made it from this point on. I don't know how the when Catholic word gets out. Like, I mean, they're very powerful people to sit there and go. I'm going to knock out my own army. That's that's pretty rough, right there. Number five, Abraham Lincoln and Jefferson Davis both sent letters to Pope Pius IX in 1863 at the height of the American Civil War in the request of the Pope to accept Rufus, King of the U.S. Representatives, to the Vatican. Lincoln made no mention of the violence tearing up the country. I wonder why he wanted to keep that quiet from I'm, the. I don't know. Maybe it shows weakness. Hmm. I don't know. They didn't have it together. The country's still young, and they're... We don't know what we're doing. No, we never did. (laughs) And we don't now. Confederate President Davis, on the other hand, detailed the horrors that now raged in the U.S. Jefferson's not-so-subtle asking to have the South recognized as an independent country by the Vatican failed, but only just. In a separate correspondence, the Pope addressed Davis as the President of the Confederate States of America, Robert E. Lee believed that Pius was the only world leader who recognized the Confederacy. So you think they were maybe requesting more monies from the Vatican to maybe see if that helped fight this war? I think they just wanted the Pope to say, yeah, I recognize you as a country. And if the Pope did it, then all the Catholics under the Pope would say, oh, yeah, we recognize them. And so that makes them legitimate. I do see what's going on. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, this stuff is all in the archives, but you can't just go down there and look at it. No, I don't think it's accessible for us to meet. I don't think you could. Do, yeah, you can't get a library card and go to the Vatican whenever you want to. I don't think. Yeah, we want to go down to uh, Cave Number Twenty Seven and uh, you know try to go through these sections and look up some of these things. You know, they got dinosaur bones down there. Oh yeah. Well, we say earlier that these archives were founded in 1612? 1612. The Vatican Church. The archives, yeah, were founded in sixteen twelve. Sixteen twelve. They were completely closed to the public until 1881 when Pope Leo VIII began allowing Catholic scholars to conduct studies amongst the stacks. In recent years, the restrictions on researchers have been relaxed slightly, but still remain pretty stringent. Only carefully accredited scholars are allowed to enter. Journalists, students, and amateur historians are barred. And even if you meet the requirements to view the text from the archives, no browsing is allowed. Scholars can request up to three folders a day, which can end up being a bit of a gamble because not everything is cataloged, and some catalogs are written in Italian or Latin. 
So what that means is if you go down there and there's millions and millions and millions of things and you don't really know what's down there, you can't read anything or see anything unless you ask for a specific manuscript. You can't browse through and say, hey, this is what I, this, this might be interesting. You have to ask for something that you don't even know is there or not. So you can just take a stab in the dark and say, I want to look at the devil's Bible and hope they got one. And if it's not called the devil's Bible, you're not going to get it. Well, they'll let you bring three pieces of it at a time in a day. So if you've got something you're putting together, yeah, um, it take you 10 years to work on, Hey, listen to this, what I found out, putting all these pieces together. Exactly. That's why you only can have three a day. So we don't want y'all to know shit. How did Dan Brown do it? I don't know how Dan Brown did it. <laughs> oh, man. And plus, they're in Italian or Latin, so you have to know Italian and or Latin. And we're not going to know any of those things. No. And that's why this stuff is silenced and kept hidden. What they want to keep from me and you, Eric, is that the human experience is the God experience. It is the creator within you. They don't want you to know that you're special and you're awesome. So let's let you know you got to pray about it and seek guidance. Well, one day... Somebody's going to get in there. I, I don't know if... It might be the goat herd. It might be the goat herd. Might just charter a plane. Could, could, you know, that could present a coup. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> Beat past the beef eaters that are guarding the Vatican there and uh, get down into the archives and start taking pictures of it and sending me texts. Yes, getting deeper and getting all this information out because people are going to find out we are a lot more than just what we've learned to be right now that we are it's an amazing i wonder if we knew that a three mile wide asteroid was going to hit the earth in three months would the vatican say okay you can check it out nah they wouldn't let us know no 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 because we'd want to burn it down we could have avoided this you're gonna die in three months anyway but in there was a way to get rid of this asteroid it was a way to build something to move it out or destroy it or, a pyramid laser or pray it away pray it away it might take well it took two years to pray away the second world war <laughs> or the first world war yeah if we need two get two decades we'll i guess up. if we got enough time enough warning we could pray away an asteroid <laughs> five years to, i'm praying away one right now i think we should just start right now but you got to know the name of the asteroid or it like the count. n191 or yeah. whatever they call it or i don't know shit that's not like a shot or something on it that's all the bat shooter we have for you this week. Thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to rate and review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. Also, please visit the website at theswollengoat.com where you can subscribe to get updates on future plans. You can also donate to the cause. We're also on Instagram at the Swollen Goat Podcast. Don't forget to go ahead, Eric. You're making it worse. You really make it worse. Now I don't know why Tony wants to smack you. Don't forget. Don't don't forget to take care of yourself, take care of each other, and take care of business until we see you again next week. The Proceeding Podcast is made possible by the Southern Fried Third Eye Studio, copyright 2022, all rights reserved. Ha, ha, ha.